Welcome to Overboost 43. Overboost is a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their history in speedrunning and gaming and the runs they're passionate about. I am your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is Joester98. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I love talking PS1 action with anyone and everyone who's willing to listen. So, so I, I wanted Let's to actually... I, I always like starting these off with, with current events. And so I wanted to ask, uh, like when I, when I like mentioned I was doing this episode, um, the, I think the most common response was you're the Pac-Man world guy. That's how some uh, people, yes. some, <laughs> yeah. how some people know you. Mm-hmm. And, but if you look at your speedrun.com profile, uh, I think over time, and, and this is intensified maybe in, in, in 2020 going into 2021, it seems like you've really been digging into the PS1 back catalog and have really like gone in on on some games and I'm curious like I you know I, you seem like pretty focused on on the runs and having fun with the runs as opposed to necessarily like branding this as like content like you know some like console challenge or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have like a, a particular framework that you use when like I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna try this game next or like this is the kind of thing you're looking for like at a, if mm-hmm. if I if I made you put a brand on your you know uh, cross section of speedrunning like what what mm-hmm. would you say? Um, I always like to say that uh, I run B minus PS one games that you've never heard of. That's how I like to describe them. So I whenever I'm looking for a game, I'll. Uh, Kane of Pocky and uh, and Caveman are two just mm-hmm. experts of the PS1, and so I get exposed to a lot of wacky games at GDQs through mystery tournaments or some awful fighting game that you've never heard of. <laughs> that is, there's just a setup that people are playing for you know four or five hours at 3 a.m. And so you know, every once in a while, they're they'll just kind of come up with a game like, "Hey, has anyone ever played this game? Or has anyone ever heard of this?" And I do some digging into it, and maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not. And some other times, um, I'll just go on speedrun.com, and I'll just sort by PlayStation, and then mm. go to least runs. And then I'll just look for games that have, like, one or two runs um, that are, like, 30 minutes or shorter, and or the records on emulator, so that I can just buy a copy of the game and beat the game while being, or beat their time bout while being worse. And, uh, you know, that's how I, I probably found eight or nine games that way mm. so i i have a confession i have also done the exact same search yeah. on speeder.com um <laughs> yeah, so you, I def- you find you find some gems in there and then you find some hot garbage and oh yeah you just think, why does anyone ever play this why game? did anyone do this uh, but then oh, there's yeah. some there's some good stuff down there too i so i'm curious uh for the for for these uh like playstation one games of the ones that you've done speed runs of um do you like? Do you remember any of the particular sources? Because I'm curious if any of the ones that you've speedrun are, for example, ones that you picked up from like mystery game tournaments or something. Uh, Sorcerer's Maze is a particular game that I got from multiple mystery tournaments. It came up at the first mystery tournament in 2017, I believe it was, and that game is insanely addictive. It's just Breakout. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. like super epic power up breakout um and it's and while playing it casually just the, the story mode i found a huge skip in the game which is hilarious <laughs> um 
So if you, there's a hundred levels, there's 10 levels per world. And if you get to world eight and then you just pause and quit out of the game and go back into the game, it just puts you in world nine. And so you just skip 10 levels by literally just quitting the game and going back into it. I have no idea why it works, but it saves probably like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that that's one I found from a mystery tournament because um, it's really one of the only like multiplayer games or games that has multiplayer that I would run. Mm-hmm. But there's some other games that I've bought and played from mystery tournaments like um, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo and uh, uh, Card Captor Tetris. Like those are both really good games. Um, I haven't speedrun them, but mm-hmm. you know they're they're fun to play, uh, yeah. especially against someone else. I I think it's interesting too because when I first looked at the list, uh, you know, like initially looking at things like Pac Man World, Jumping Flash, Forty Wings, I was like, okay, you like three D platforming from an early era. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I kept reading, and it's like Sorcerer's Maze, uh, yeah. you know, Ghost in the Shell, Mega Boost. Yeah. I was like, wait a second here, this isn't. Mm-hmm. It's not a genre thing. It almost seems like more like a time period thing. Yeah, I, I, I generally lean toward the platformer just because I feel like there's more room for exploration, especially for lesser run games. I feel like there's a lot more room to find new stuff just because the games aren't explored as much. Um, and that's something I really enjoy doing is just kind of sitting there with the game and just messing around and seeing if you can't break it. Um, so, But then other games, I just think like, well, this game looks really cool and I think I could get the record in it if I put some time in, so... You know, that would be a game like uh, like Omega Boost, for example. Mm. I saw that game, and I was like, I saw someone else play it, actually, Everett. Um, and I, I was like, yo, this game slaps and has amazing music and looks really fun to play. Let me let me buy a copy of this. And, you know, then one day I was like, I'm just going to learn this and learned it. And yeah, here we are. Yeah, for people who aren't familiar with the game Omega Boost, uh, I think it was the game from the Gran Turismo developers before they made yes. Gran Turismo. And so it does look as and sound as good as you think it would. Yeah, it actually runs at for P, it's a P, PS1 game. It runs at 60 FPS for most of the game. Like even if stuff is exploding on screen, it, there isn't even that much lag. It's it's very impressive for the time. So before we before we dive into your history, there so some of these some of these games we're going to come back to. We're going to talk about, yeah. you know, Pac-Man yeah. World more. We're going to talk about this yeah. more. There were two games on this list of PS1 games that you've done recently that are just I I don't think I've ever heard of them before, and so I was curious oh. to get the stories behind uh, up sure. front. One of them mm-hmm. is uh, Poppin' Tanks. Where did that come okay. from? That actually is another mystery tournament game. Oh, okay. Um, we had uh, we played some multiplayer. and We tried to figure out like the meta in the multiplayer because each tank has like this like super attack. And some of the tanks have like a super easy to use super attack. Some of the tanks have a super attack that blows. Um, but finding a copy of that game wasn't particularly easy. Like mm. it doesn't seem like it's a very common game. And so I found a copy and then did some messing around, uh, trying to find a route. And by finding a route, I, uh, actually looked on game FAQs and the guy actually was like, yo, this tank is OP as heck use it. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll, tr- I'll, I'll, I'll trust this guy who wrote this post in, you know, 2004. And it turns out that he was right because the like the super that the one tank has, it actually hits the opponent twice or can hit the opponent twice. And so you just do like 80% of their health in one move and it just, you just crush the game. So like, it, like my time is like 14 minutes and I still, and I like failed the round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, I saw that when I, I watched. Yeah. But the game is, the game is pretty, it's pretty fun. 
And then the other one I wanted to ask about, and I, I did watch this full run because it was a, like an audiovisual experience, was uh, mm-hmm. Shooter Starfighter Sandveen. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that? So I actually I found this is, I actually found this game on accident. So the guy who used to have the record Infinity Gene um, runs Jumping Flash Two, which is another game that I've run. And for the heck of it, one day I was just kind of poking around in the leaderboards, and I just clicked on his profile. Like, yeah, what the heck? What are the, what else does this guy run? And I saw that game, and I was like, what the heck is this? And looked at it, and I was like, yo, this game looks extremely dope. Like it's. Uh, it's a totally a budget PS1 game, and you can tell because it's horribly, horribly translated. Um, like when you beat a boss and you get time back, it says "remain of time, recover." Yeah, it's you know, so good. Pristine English. It's <laughs> hilarious, but um, yeah, I, I got that, and I was and I messed around with like because there's different ship builds you can do, and um, the, the there's just one build that's just OP and just destroys mm-hmm. everything, and one thing I also found interesting is that when you do the run, you actually intend, you set the difficulty to the easiest difficulty. Um, and I feel like generally I'm not a big fan of that, but it, the game would be way less interesting if you had to hit everything like four times as many shots, like it'd be harder, but it would just be so boring because it would just be a slog. But if you can kill everything in one or two shots, you just fly through the game and it looks way more interesting. And when I was running it the last time I found out, I was I was getting on these good runs and I was like, why is why do some of these rooms take longer when I'm on a better run and when I'm on a crappy run, like I'm just blazing through this. And then I found out that you do more damage if the in-game timer is lower. So I so you can also set the in-game timer that you start with and the amount of bonus time you get in the options as well. So I set those so I set the bonus time as low as it possibly can go. Um and then I set my starting time like a minute lower and then you just obliterate the game like it's more risky mm. but you, you just fly through the game but that's satisfying right like if your goal is the, is the yeah. blaze through it anyway so that sounds like the best of yeah. both worlds yeah absolutely it makes the game way more interesting because you just there's a lot of precise shots because the the rate your, your shot distance isn't huge but you have to like hit the enemy exactly or you or you don't kill them and you and your shot is a cooldown. so some rooms if you start missing you can take like eight or nine shots in some rooms you can just clear in three and it looks really cool that's that's neat i don't know that, to me like yeah. that just sounds like you're 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 reaping the rewards of going into the ps1 back catalog yeah, yeah that um, game is also probably the easiest game to find a copy of that i've ever bought really I bought game i bought it it was eight dollars on ebay and it was factory sealed for eight dollars huh. and there were multiple listings of factory sealed copies for under ten dollars so if anyone is interested in a super cheap game, it's yeah. hilariously easy to get a copy of. I guess there must be some, because I, mean, I know the labeling is like the, like the Agitech publisher, bu- like budget yeah. labeling, you know, because yeah. that's where the shooter in the, in the thing mm-hmm. comes from. And I guess there's something about those that just repel collectors, but those games can mm-hmm. be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've looked at a couple of, I looked at one other one, but it was more of like a rail shooter and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't as interested in that, like a 2D rail shooter. Yeah. So I, but I haven't looked at any of their other ones. So maybe there's some other gems hidden in there. All right. Well, let's speaking of history, let's dive into history. Where would you say that your history with gaming starts? Uh, you know, so did you get it from friends, family? Like, where where does that pick up for you? Uh, definitely as a kid, um, I played a lot with like mo- when I was a kid, I would play, and I would also like watch my dad play if I was bad at the game. 
so growing up we had an N64 and a PS1 and so and then eventually a PS2 and GameCube and Wii and so I I remember sitting down and with my dad and playing through like Jack and Daxter and Sly Cooper and then trying to beat him in like you know Mario Kart 64 and or going through Banjo Kazooie, just kind of some some great games. So that's where that's where it all got started for me. So I've been interested in it for basically my whole life. Um, and then the speed your, running didn't come in until you know. Mm-hmm. Was your dad someone games. who was playing games before? Like, to, like had he always yeah. been playing games, or was that something he only picked up with with you? Uh, he, I've heard stories of him and my mom playing uh, Super Mario World when they were when they were dating. Um, uh, and so I think they, and so I think he got it from that. And he also said that he would used to be able to go four hours on Galaga on a single quarter. So <laughs> I, cause you know, he didn't have a ton of money growing up. So, you know, the amount of quarters you got was limited. So he, uh, he made him count as, as he tells it, maybe he's, maybe he's just, you know, you know, jerking my chain around, but, uh, he, he claims he could just go all day on a single quarter. So I'll take him at his word. I mean, what can you, it's hard to tell now, right? Arcades aren't around too much anymore. I don't. You probably yeah. don't have access to an arcade, right? No, but we act, there's kind of, kind of, sort of have a little arcadeish at home. Mm. Uh, my dad is was a big pinball guy, oh. and so we actually have a couple machines that we got like I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago. Um, they don't see a ton of action now, but every once in a while, you know, one of us will get the itch and we'll go down there and you know play for a couple hours, and um, you know. That stuff is still really fun. Those things are those things are crazy cool. Now the the consoles that you grew up with, you know, you mentioned a bunch there: the PS One and sixty four, PS Two, GameCube, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, are those are those still around? Did those survive time? Are those with you or, or with your your, your parents? Or uh, the PS One is gone because we got a PS Two, so I don't have that anymore. Um, I do have my GameCube. Um, what else do I have? I have Wii U, you know, brilliant mm-hmm. purchase. <laughs> Classic don't, don't system. Buy don't buy a Wii U. Completely no one similar. regrets it. No games. Uh, and then what else do I have from laying around? N64 I still have. Um, the only console that I had growing up that I don't have is a Dreamcast because I was playing it once and my sister ran between me and the console and hit the controller cable and took the console off the top of the TV and blue screened it and that was the end of that. Mm. Um, so I didn't have many games for that anyways i mean so I didn't there aren't many games much, for that so yeah there aren't so <laughs> I, had, I think i had sonic adventure one and two and that was it so because uh, i still actually have the cases for those games i just don't have the discs and uh so that's i th- think the only console that actually just broke but every all my other ones like my original 30k fat ps2 mm-hmm. still works and still reads discs and is in my closet now I don't use it. I used it when I started speedrunning because it was the only PS2 sure. I had. But um, I, I don't use it anymore, except you know, if I feel like busting it out just to you know have some fun. You mentioned earlier that you know when we're talking about the PS1 stuff that you you know you end up getting actual game discs for you know a lot of these PS1 games that you're picking up. Mm-hmm. Do you are you would you say that you're interested in game collecting? Like, do you have like a large library that you, that you sort of maintain, or do you just kind of come and go with the discs? Yeah, I, I wouldn't really say I'm a collector. I like I have all the games that I had like growing up, and then I just kind of add to it with games I would like to speed run or I think would be good like multiplayer games or or stuff like that. But I, I don't really go like uh, sometimes I'll go to you know the local retro store, mm-hmm. but I'm not looking for like oh I don't have this game. I'm looking for like oh this is this I'm looking for 
a good speed run. Like I'll right. see a game. Oh, I've never heard of this and just do a quick, you know, wiki search and see if, see what kind of game it is. Um, and if it's any good, I'll buy it. Cause it's probably $5. And right. It's, you know, worth, worth trying out. You're more interested in the discovery than necessarily complete the collection. Yeah, absolutely. I would say I would agree with that. So, uh, a question I like to ask is, we're going to be talking mostly about single player games. You already kind of said this, right? That most, you know, most mm-hmm. of the speed runs we're doing are single player games. Um, yeah. So, have you had big phases with uh, multiplayer games? You know, whether this be like couch co op or like Smash League, anything along that line, even MMOs. No, I never really got into any of that. The most multiplayer I was playing was was playing against my parents and my sister in like Mario Kart. That was basically it. Uh, I never really played Smash or any other fighting game, and I never really got into any of those, any MOBAs or shooters or any of that stuff. So it was mostly just uh, playing at home on the console. Mm. So that actually, that, that's that's interesting to me. Um, all right, I, I'm you're you're giving me you're trying. I'm trying to like guess how to order things. This is usually one of the fun yeah. things about doing these interviews is that you know I yeah. want to ask questions about streaming and speedrunning mm-hmm. and, and all this, and I'm trying to gauge like what the order is sort of chronologically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe here's another one then. I you know I, I asked about what what consoles you had you know you had started mm-hmm. with, what you mm-hmm. had kept. Is there a maybe a console or even a computer that you might point to as being the the sort of turning point when you took ownership of the gaming hobby when it was no longer the family GameCube but it, instead it was your uh, I don't know your Wii U. I mean maybe it was yeah. the Wii U. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, maybe on that. Although that was more of my sister wanted to get that, so I'll just blame that purchase on her. <laughs> uh, maybe when I bought PS2 Slim, it mm. was like that was when I was going like, all right, um, this stuff is staying with me. Um, and that PS2 Slim lasted like six months because it was a 70k and it was crap. Mm. Uh, and then I bought another one that I still use. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but I would say like at that point because I mean we had like a, a setup in the basement where like all the consoles were like, this was like the place to play video games. And then when I started streaming, I just kind of migrated the PS2 up here. And then when I bought another PS2 it was, for runs, it was like, all right, now it's like that one's mine and that we're, we're getting going on this. So, well, it sounds like it is maybe time to ask the, the most requisite question of a speedrun interview podcast, mm-hmm. which is, when did you first learn about speedrunning? So I found it on complete accident. Um, I was on YouTube one day. I don't even know what I was looking for. And I came across the run of Mario Kart 64 at AGDQ 2014. It was the first time i'd ever heard of speedrunning i had no idea what it was i had no idea what twitch was or streaming mm-hmm. or any of that stuff and that video popped up and i and i was like oh why the heck not i'll just watch this and it was it was it was crazy i mean the, the, the game is obviously more refined now than it was then but there's still plenty of skips back then and i thought well this is cool i wonder if people do this with other games that i like and so then i found some other old gdq runs of crash bandicoot and spiral 3 and ape escape and some of the pokemon games and you know games that I remembered playing, and I thought, well, maybe you know, maybe I'll give this a shot. And so that's that was kind of the the itch that got it started. How long do you think it it took to get from watching that GDQ video to, for example, like recording your own speed run? Because especially, I you know, most of the games I think we're going to be talking about are console games. So mm-hmm. even in even in 2015, like certainly 2015 is better than doing it in say like 2011. 
But even yeah. in 2015, you know, capture hardware, OBS, etc., you know, that's still mm-hmm. that's still a little bit of a struggle. Well, what was that like getting into being able to do that all on your own? It actually wasn't that bad. So I found a Dazzle at mm-hmm. Best Buy, actually. Oh. And, and it's actually still the capture card I use. It's the only capture card I've ever had. I still use it. I love the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found that for, you know, 60 bucks or whatever it was. And... Then I had all of the cables, really. I had all the composite cables. I had to buy some splitters and stuff. I actually bought those at Radio Shack before Radio Shack went you know, down the gutter. Mm-hmm. And I used those for many, many years. Um, actually, one of, the, one of the funny things is if you look at like any of my runs pre-mid-2018, like um, I played off Amarek on my monitor. Like I would just full screen Amarek mm. and just play off of that. Um, cause it was either that or my HDTV. And I have to look away from my computer to look at the TV. Like my monitor's right here and the TV's like way over here. Mm. So I wanted to be able to kind of look at my computer and the input delay was comparable. So I thought, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Why, why not? not? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, then in, Maybe like late 2018, I met up with some speedrunning pals. We had a we had a little get together, uh, you know, outside of GDQ. We met up in like a, in Cleveland. We mm-hmm. took over Cleveland for a few days, and another pal was lived there and was like, "Yo, you need to stop pulling off Amrec. I found this CRT on the curb, and I also have this powered splitter that I'm not using anymore. Like, you need to. I, I live like 20 minutes from where you are. Just drive over here and pick them up." And so. That's what I did, and I still use. Uh, I mean, I still got the TV here, and I, I still use that that powered splitter. So that was really where I got all my equipment. Um, and then with a had a computer upgrade in the middle there, because um, my old laptop just refused to hold a charge, so mm-hmm. I had to get yeah. a new one. But uh, yeah, I, and I I didn't find it too much trouble. I mean, I had to stream in like 480p, you know, some kind of low quality. Um, I had internet good enough to do it. Um, it's just my computer that I had to, you know, be careful with the hardware limitations that I had. So that's interesting. You touched on some stuff that I, I was going to ask about, which is, you know, when it comes to doing older consoles, some people really dive headfirst into, into like a, an adjacent money pit to playing video games <laughs> on old consoles. But it <laughs> sounds like you are sort of sticking to just maintaining, you know, normal old hardware. You're, you're playing on a CRT, using a Dazzle using you know original hardware i mean is i guess that's that am i right in understanding that and like do you plan to stick with that approach yeah i've i've i would say so i've thought multiple times over the past i'll say like a year and a half why don't i just get like a retro tank and Mm -hmm. up and and upgrade my whole setup and one of the reasons for that i've kind of been tempted to do that is one of the games i run which i'll just touch on now is twin sanity and i play i play the pal version so I have a PAL console, and I can actually play it on my CRT because I have like this little like fifteen dollar signal converter that I bought on eBay, and it adds a little bit of delay, but it's actually you can actually use the picture. It's mm. not you know flashing across the screen, right. like yeah, some yeah. seizure frame rate. <laughs> um, and so that's one of the reasons I've maybe been tempted to move to that. Also, that converter does not work with PS One games, so I can't play any PAL PS One games on oh. my TV. So if I ever wanted to run like Crash 2, for instance, which yeah. I also have a pal copy of, 
Um, I would need to play with some delay or upgrade that my setup. And I thought like, well, if I do that, then I need to basically get HDMI everything. I need to get HDMI capture card. HDMI capture. Yep. And I, I, I can't be bothered. My, my <laughs> setup, my, my, my video, my capture equipment, it's all more than good enough. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to ride it out until it bites the dust. Yeah, no, that's probably, yeah, you know, honestly, if it's working for you, then like, I, and me watching, you know, I watched a bunch of your VODs in preparation for Mm -hmm. this, um, and, you know, and that was a mixture of both PBs of yours, as well as, uh, you know, GDQ production uh, capture, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was happy going back and forth between the two, you know, I I didn't didn't really affect me. The only time I noticed was, uh, was, and of course, this is because... 3ds capture is impossible but the pack and roll oh, one, yeah, obviously. Yeah. but that, that's unavoidable that's 3ds capture yeah. that's just the I, I gotta say i think the setup that i had to capture that was quite genius <laughs> so I, I don't know if you saw the picture a picture of what my setup actually looked like no i, I didn't i had built like a like a little miniature stand like this hot like this high out mm-hmm. of connects and then i had taken my webcam and kind of just pointed it straight down like on top of the rig and then put the 3ds on some like uh rubber feet underneath it so it wouldn't slide around while i was playing and then just had the camera there and you know zoomed it in and just kind of cropped it as much as i could and then uh because what's nice about that game is and you know in most handheld games you need to use the buttons and so you're moving the thing around all the time but this is like a 100 percent a touchscreen game so i don't need to move the the system at all and if i so if i keep it in a reasonably small reasonably small area without moving it too much then it'll be fine yeah i've been trying to every once in a while i'll poke around for a ds or 3ds capture card um and usually the easiest way to do that is find out on twitter because like everyone goes nuts when they become available mm, so yeah you just kind of kind of be on your toes because they become available and then disappear in like five minutes so um that's a game that I would like to go back to, but I only really want to go back to it if I get a proper capture setup. Because even though it's hilarious, the the setup I was using was hilarious and really cool. It's you know I'd like to I'd like to make it look a little neater if you know possible. I mean, it is really funny to see you going yeah. at it with both the styluses. Yeah. Is very yeah. <laughs> very funny. Yeah, that was one of the reasons that I uh, got into the game because I had seen a, a a friend actually run the game years and years ago and he had come over to my house one time and um i tested the game out just because i'd never played it mm-hmm. and i was like this is impossible to control i have no idea how anyone plays this game and then i just was messing with the game for you know a week or so i you can you get a reasonably good handle of you know just going ballistic with you know the double pen and uh yeah, it's it's a it's a fun game. It's it's like a super early DS game, mm-hmm. but it actually controls really really well for coming out like so so early in the console's life. Yeah, no, I mean watching a speed run of you know you do the any percent, uh, it seemed like mm-hmm. you know you, you were in control. It was not you yeah. know it was not just utter chaos where you were just trying to yeah. to, to stroke it in some direction. It was it was yeah, it was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some takes here about uh, you know sort oh of boy. ask a bunch of different speedrun game takes. Um, sure. I don't think you mentioned this. What was the first game that you would have recorded a speedrun of yourself doing? What was the first speedrun? Uh, that would have been Castlevania: Curse of Darkness, which is a PS2 and uh-huh. Xbox game, and one of my favorite games growing up. I played the hell out of it, 
Uh, that was another game I played with my dad, like religiously, mostly because it was rated M, so I mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to play it. <laughs> um, but I had so much fun with that game. It's you know I think 3D Castlevanias get a ter- get a bad rap, um, but this one at least because I played Lament of Innocence a little bit too, and I didn't like that game. Mm-hmm. But this game was so much fun, like kind of making new weapons and stuff had a pretty cool you know RPG type aspect to it, and. Uh, I, you know, the the only resources I had for that game, there was a, a segmented run on SDA from 2005. That was the only bit of information I was going off of. And so I came within like a minute of beating the segmented time um, using the game timer. And mm-hmm. then that was really the last run I did of the game. And that was about five and a half years ago. The game has completely been broken since then. There's just some huge sequence breaks. Oh, but cool. Yeah, there's a... Uh, there's a really dumb like infinite jump you can do where you swing a, <laughs> where you swing a weapon and then pause and unequip it and then equip it again and unpause and then you can swing it again and you get like one percent more height. So you have to do that for like four minutes in a row, but then you can just go over this huge invisible wall and get to the final level like an hour early. Um, so it's actually cool. It's just super super obnoxious. <laughs> That's something. God, yeah. that really is something. That's. I mean, I'll have to. I guess I'll have to check that out. That's. I yeah. do agree, though, that I do think the the 3D Castlevanias get a bad mm-hmm. rap that they they don't deserve, and some of them, yeah. like depending on what you want, I've watched a bunch of people play Castlevania 64 and have the time of mm-hmm. their lives. So yeah, I played Legacy of Darkness a little bit. I didn't particularly like the game. Well, not my favorite, but mm-hmm. yeah, Curse of Darkness. You know, definitely one of my favorite, not just PS2 games, but just favorite games in general really fun game speaking of favorites then what would you mm-hmm. say out of all of the the speed games that you have is your favorite speed run Ooh, uh I'd, I'd have to go with pac-man world like just because i put so much time into that uh it's my favorite one to play uh my favorite one to watch that i that i run though would be to insanity if somebody good is playing the game um, unfortunately there's only like four people who are good at the game and none of them play the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, it's very rare that another top player plays the game. Like if you look at the leaderboards for a hundred percent, I think like my time is j- over a year old now, but the second place time is like two years old. And the third place time is like four years old, five years old. And the fourth place time is like six years old. So there's just not a lot of activity up at the top, uh, in, at least in a hundred percent, and then any percent in that game is unfortunately kind of lame now. Oh, um, really? It's what? Hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's six minutes, six or seven minutes of straight skips, and then you get to the last level of the game, and then you play the last level of the game. And if you die anywhere in the last level, the game crashes, and you have to start over. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. That's very yeah. good. All right. Yeah. Well- well, I you know I had the the good fortune to talk of, with some to insanity with um well I think it was with Rico KSB a few weeks ago. Right, um, yeah, it's definitely yeah, a game that's in, that's impressed game. me. Um, mm. well, I'll, I have a specific question about that. We'll we'll come back to that later. Sure. Right now, mm. what would you say is the flip side of that though? What is of all the mm. speedruns that you've done, your least favorite? The one that you are probably never coming back to. Okay, I have two. Okay. One of them is packing time on the Super Nintendo. That game sucks. <laughs> I bought that game. I'm like, I'm going to route this game. I'm going to run it. 
and it blows. Like, it's just so unnecessary. Like, it's just unnecessarily long and repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think I have some channel point reward in my channel that's, you know, a bazillion to do another run of that game because I could probably, I, I legitimately think if I put actual practice in the game, I could beat my time by at least an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just not that interested. I, I do plan on learning the Game Boy version of the game because that actually is good. Mm-hmm. And has like some super cool task tricks where you just zip zip out of bounds and instantly beat levels. Um, so I do really want to look into that. Um, there is a there's a really cool task to that game. It's like 25 minutes. Um, so I want to run that. And then the other game is The Land Before Time on PS1. Is like probably the only one of the few games that I regret buying, even though it only <laughs> cost about eight dollars. I think that is legitimately the worst game I've ever played. Abs, it's just awful. It's got a great glitch that's hilarious to show people where you just literally float across the level without pressing anything. But I, I, I'll play that game again when it gets into the awful block, mm-hmm. and that'll be the end of it. I might break my disc on stream after my run. I mean, that would be uh, a memorable thing to do. We have, we have yeah. all sorts of. I feel like the. I mean, it's just as an aside, the, the, the sort of some of the comic goofs from this past AGDQ. Like I'm thinking of the. Um, it was the Turok runner who like covered himself in Doritos, and then the, the Time Splitters two runner who played another Time Splitters two level while on an auto scroller like in the background. Oh, and I nice! Just, yeah. I just, I, you know, that energy is very good. I'm glad people brought that mm-hmm. to the online event, and you know, yeah. maybe we'll see some shenanigans again whenever we can be in person again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about a game that you would like to speedrun, uh, but you have not yet gone around to it? That could either be for just time reasons or because it doesn't fit what you're doing right now. Uh, I have one. Let me actually show it. I think it's right here. This is it. This game. Coral Coral Post Neen. Ooh, okay. On the PS1. Uh, it is a game where you basically rotate the level around the character mm-hmm. and have to, you know, run along and get, uh, you have to collect, like, you have to deliver mail into these mailboxes or something. Very Japanese PS1. Uh, it actually came out in 2002. Like, it's a super late PS1 game. Um, super hard to find as well. Um, but I had a... The, we, there was a... Kane had a setup at... I think it was AGDQ 18 mm-hmm. um, with the game, and we literally just rotated, like, 10 people through playing the game. We're like, oh, this game owns. Like, But it, it's just so hard to find a copy mm-hmm. of it. And I actually got super lucky with getting my copy because I, uh, I was bidding on it on eBay. And the auction ended at like 3.30 a.m. So I was staying up to try and snipe this game. And so I bid with two seconds left and someone sniped me. And I so now I was ticked and I went to bed. And then I woke up and I had an email from the seller that said, the guy who won the auction can't get this delivered to his country. You were the next highest bidder. Do you want it? And I said, hell yes, I want it. <laughs> and I paid for it. And here it is. So, you know. Awesome. Yeah, just sometimes it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than it yeah, is to be no, good. No, absolutely, absolutely, and I don't know. Hopefully, I mean that sounds like a neat game. I've not heard of that one before, mm-hmm. so you know maybe yeah. we'll see that around at some point. How about how about this one? So you already mentioned one game in terms of uh, uh, of like enjoying watching it, Twin Sanity. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about a favorite run to watch that you do not run yourself? Uh, I don't run. I mean, Mario sixty four is an easy mm-hmm. answer because. You know, it's a classic. Um, I would say 
maybe Sly Cooper, uh, especially with all the new stuff that's been found in that recently. Um, I loved that game growing up, and the fact that it's like 30 minutes or just over 30 minutes is, is pretty mind-boggling. And it has some really cool tricks in it. Um, so I, I enjoy watching people play that one. That's one I've been tempted to learn a little bit, but I don't have a backwards compatible PS3, and I'm definitely not buying one because all those things do is break. That's, so yeah. I'm just, um, like, I, I mean, I could run it on PS2 as well, but it's just not hot, nearly high enough on my priority list to bother getting to. Yeah, I think some some previous folks I've had on who you know who run like games of that like platformers of that era, uh, like that are PS2 mm-hmm. or. or you know that running into issues where they would be optimal to run on backwards compatible PS3. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I I forget which there was one community I think maybe it was Ratchet and Clank that like started mm-hmm. allowing like OPL or something like that to you know mm-hmm. to to kind of just yeah. eliminate the loading time issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know, obviously I'm not going to make those decisions for those communities. Yeah. Those decisions should always be made by the people running the games. Yeah. But I, I do. I, a little quick story on that. I do think one of my funniest, one of the funniest stories I think I've ever seen in regards to optimal hardware um, is runner a kingdom hearts runner DJ salty nuts. Great username um, was running. I think kingdom hearts one on a backwards compatible PS three and the community mm. didn't like the fact that he was doing that and getting yeah. faster loading times. So they banned the console. And so what I did, what he did instead is he bought a fat PS two and kingdom hearts. One is one of the few games that supports the hard disk drive on the, fat ps2 so he started playing it off that which is even faster than the backwards compatible ps3 huh. and he got record on that too there is an official hilarious. solution for kingdom hearts with loading off yeah. a hard drive weird yeah the, the, the hard drive supports there's like 10 games it supports and it just so happens that kingdom hearts one is one of them so he was like all right you're not gonna let me run on backwards compatible ps3 i'll just run on something that's even faster and i, I just always thought that was hilarious i'm, I'm pretty sure they banned that as right. a result too, they would turn but, around and ban that immediately but, yeah but, but it, was it was a good was, few yeah, yeah, it was a it was a big flex, and yeah. I respect it. <laughs> absolutely, no, that's yeah. absolutely. It's just, you know, I don't know. It's it's good, good story. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's good by me. Uh, yeah. And I I feel like I have to go look that up. That that feature of the PS2 yeah. that list of games. Um, yeah, you've mentioned GDQ a few times, and you know you're, you're a veteran mm-hmm. of it. You you've been to a few events as a you know runner. And I wanted mm-hmm. to ask uh, of of any game. In your list of games that you have not taken to a GDQ event, what is the one? If you could get an automatic in for one of your speed runs to a GDQ, the next GDQ, what would it, what would it be? Uh, Twin Sanity, without question, mm-hmm. like far and away the number one. It's never been in. Um, I was back up once, I think in 2019. Um, it's one of the reasons it's never been in is because all of the to- all the top runners for like since like 2015 are European and just never came over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been trying to get that in for probably two years now. Um, even back when my time was like five minutes off the record, I was I've been I was submitting it, um, and now I actually have the record, so I think that helps a lot. Um, but one of the things with uh, I think it's going to at least take a little while, just because I don't like to. I haven't been submitting to the online events, sure, um, because I'm a big fan of like just the crowd interaction. Mm. Like when I ran Mort the Chicken, that was by far the most fun I've had doing a run at any event um, because it's just 3 a.m. And I, I, like I said in that run, I had legitimately never seen the cutscenes before I played that. Even <laughs> though I submitted them as an incentive, I, I never watched them. I wanted to be just as surprised as everybody else. And that was by far the most fun I've had. Um, so I'd like to get the, I, I know it, it looks like, you know, we're trending in the right direction at a reasonable clip. 
So I, I'm, I don't know about this summer, but I, I, I would, I would bet money that we'll be back in person in January. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think, um, I mean, my, my personal story is that I, I managed to go to uh, be a runner at TwitchCon 2019, and I couldn't go to the next mm-hmm. AGDQ. But I said, you know, regardless of whether I get in as a runner, I'm going to go to SGDQ 2021. Yeah. So that didn't work out. But, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, <laughs> but you know, I certainly, I, I, yeah. I agree with your assessment. It's probably not going to happen for the, the summer, but hopefully, yeah. you know, 2022. Yeah, I, I'm optimistic about January. Yeah. So. Now let's, let's, let's hope. Speaking of of health, this is actually the perfect segue. Pandemic's mm-hmm. health related. Um, yeah, a lot of the the stuff that you do is pretty intensive. I, I think when I when like when I first started watching your your Pac Man world, uh, I, I watched both the mm-hmm. the the GDQ one of the GDQ runs, the more recent one, as well as yeah. as your PB, and mm-hmm. um and the amount of uh, finagling the APM you're doing with the D pad is is off the charts. Yeah. It's just constant. Yeah. Is there anything that you do to take care of your your hands and wrists to, to not you know suffer any sort of injury? Uh, the only thing I do is I, I never play. Even like going back to when I started playing the game, I never played it for more than I'll say like three or four hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also even now when I play the game, like I'll, I'll play for like an hour and just like I'm taking it like super easy, like getting back into the, the swing of things. Um. If I play it now, I might get like a, like a blister on my thumb just because I have I'm not grinding the game. Sure. But when I was like grinding the game, like for like the entire entirety of 2017, I'm I'm pretty sure it's legitimately the only video game I played in the entire calendar year. Um, and it took me the entire year to improve my PB. Mm-hmm. So, um, just because I just kept making dumb mistakes, but it's I think just having played it so much i just kind of knew when it was like all right you just need to stop um i never really had any sort of like injury or Mm. like soreness or anything i didn't really do any stretching either it was just like take it easy warming up and then just don't play until your hand falls off and you'll be fine yeah no i did i did notice on your pb the uh the reset counter and it was definitely i think in your pb i don't know if you recall but it's like it's over ten thousand. it's over ten thousand, and i actually checked when i um after that run i checked how many runs had i finished and i believe it was 59 mm. out of the 10,000 so i i'm a i'm a reset fiend i don't think anyone should follow the procedures that i do cuz if you ever watched me stream that game when i was grinding it was like 3 hours of resets on like the first couple jumps like i was just i hate screwing up the first level so i was just resetting over the dumbest stuff and i i don't recommend that people do that because it's not a good idea. Um, but I mean, if you, if that's, if that's how you operate best, then go for it. Mm-hmm. That, that seemed to work for me. doesn't work for everybody, but uh, you know, that's yeah. just kind of how I do it. You know, that's, it's interesting. Cause I think one of the things we're, we're touching on here is also like, what's the best way to practice and improve. Uh, one thing I did want to ask, because I, I mentioned earlier, I had looked at your, your Twitch uh, profile, mm-hmm. your, your channel description, uh, yeah. And there were there were two interesting details. I'm going to bring up one of them now, which sure. is that you listed a bunch of your uh, your your real life running uh, PBs. Do yeah. you feel like anything from running informs how you practice for speedrunning? Is there any actual crossover, or is it just they're both timed? That's it. Yeah, I, I maybe it's the sort of mentality of just like putting all you got into it, um, especially on the track, which is where I was 
much better, I think, mm-hmm. when I did run, you know, competitively. Um, and I think that just kind of helped carry over because all those to- pretty much all of those times are from 2014, okay. which would have been my senior year of high school or 2015, which was when I was in the best shape I was in, um, which the, all those were before I mm-hmm. even knew what Twitch was. Right. Um, only like, yeah, yeah, I don't think actually any of them are from past my freshman year of college. Um, so they're all outdated as heck, but I'll still go to the track every once in a while and, you know, run some, run some laps Mm. and see what I still got. But, uh, in terms of like practice mentality, um, not, not, uh, you know, in terms of just like skills to carry over, not, not a whole Mm. lot. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm a competitive guy, so I think it helped a little bit, you know, when I I hated losing on the track. So, you know, I think that easily translates to. Uh, trying to beat someone who's in front of you. I'll give you the drive. How mm-hmm. about, you know, well, and so obviously not too much uh, crossover there, but mm-hmm. we are talking about a bunch of older consoles and I was talking about hands. Do you have strong feelings about favorite and least favorite controllers? Big fan of original PS1 controller with no sticks. No sticks. Oh, that's, the, that's the controller I use for any game that does not require analog mm-hmm. almost universally. I think the only game that I play with analog that doesn't require it is Mort. And okay. it's only because the controls in the game are so bad that I use a <laughs> controller that has terrible analog sticks to make the movement feel natural. But like every other game I'm using the D pad unless you're not allowed to. Right. Um, unless, actually, unless it's Ape Escape. Yeah. Yeah. And then my, my, my hot take take is I actually like the N64 controller. I think that thing is super comfortable. Um, Ban- Banjo is one of my favorite games. I also think that's the best game on the console. Another hot take, and um, I I think it works really well in that game. And my least favorite controller is any and all Xbox controllers. I think they all suck. All of them. So like, I yeah, mean, some of the some of the bad. Xbox controllers are easy to dunk on. Certainly, like yeah. the Duke. No one likes the Duke. Yeah, no, I just don't like the layout of those controllers. Uh. It always felt super unnatural, and I think that was probably from. I never played an Xbox, like never mm-hmm. had Xbox, and uh, I played it a few times at a friend's house, and I just hated the layout of that controller. It's just the, the 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 PS2 layout is just infinitely superior. So you like you uh, so you like having the, the sticks at the same like kind of level from yeah, top to absolutely. bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. So so I guess you might feel similarly, for example, about some of the, the Nintendo Pro controllers then as well, right? The ones that would have the similar yeah. stick layout. I never really used any of those, mm-hmm. um, so it's hard to say. Um, I never really had a Pro controller or any of that stuff. I just always used like a, a Wiimote with a nunchuck. Sure. You know, which is, which I, I, you know, I don't really have a strong opinion on. I always thought it was fine, yeah. especially for the games that I was playing. You know, it works just fine, so... All right. Uh, oh, did you have any GameCube controller takes? I, I, any particular? I feel like that one's always uh, a lightning rod yeah. for takes. I think it's. I think it's okay. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll throw <laughs> it right in the middle of the pack. Like it. Like the PlayStation is way better, but the GameCube controller dunks on the Xbox controller all day. So there's, there's my there's there's my thought on that. No, I definitely respect the 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 original OG PS1 controller. Like I I grew up like PS1 was kind of one of my first consoles and I mostly mm-hmm. stuck to the um the the DualShock 1. Um uh, mm-hmm. but like there is just something appealing about the simplicity of the uh, yeah. the original PS1 controller. Yeah. yeah, I originally ran on DualShock 1. I it's like the like my original controller from my PS1 
and I actually busted the D-pad in it from zigzagging in Pac-Man, and so sometimes directions don't work, and I actually tested swapping out pads and D-pads, and it's just the circuit board is busted. <laughs> and uh, so I still used... So I switched from that controller to the analog list, which was really weird because the analog list is so much lighter because there's no motors in it and there's no sticks. And you, I, the first time I used it, I thought I was going to break the darn thing, <laughs> but I, I've grown to love it. And I still use the, uh, the DualShock one for ape escape because the sticks are just better. Sure. Um, although, although every time I play it, I'll just complain when I can't turn the camera for some odd reason because <laughs> the D pad has decided to stop functioning. But other than that, you know, I'm a big fan of both of those. No, I I agree. I've been I mean I I've been doing a lot of armored core stuff, and so uh, the PlayStation mm-hmm. D pad I, I now think of as my friend uh, after, oh, yeah, after doing all that. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know another thing. So I mentioned your your channel description earlier. Uh, I've had a few people on the podcast who have mentioned that they have ended up uh, uh, applying sort of speedrun concepts or speedrun ideas uh, to their day jobs. Uh, in mm-hmm. your in your channel description, you do mention that your day job is being a chemical engineer. Have you found yourself thinking about problems at your workplace in speedrunning terms? Uh, maybe at my previous job where there was a like my my current job not as much because mm-hmm. the the I'll say just kind of the general philosophy around optimization of our solution is different because um, okay. it's a different uh, kind of product that we're selling. But at my previous job. Um, there was a, a big focus on on optimizing and finding like the solution mm. to this problem, and uh, and I think that helped a lot. You know, there's a lot of you know trial and error and trying to finagle different things and messing with different variables to try and go like, all right, here is the best answer. Period. End of story. And then just you know leave it to the the manufacturers to build it that way. No, that's I mean that's that sounds about about right. Um, I did also want to ask uh, when I was watching the the GDQ vods uh, that you, um, you know, that you had participated in run and run in uh, a few times. You got shout outs from the speedruns Rochester crew. Of course, last week I had uh, Jaxler on the podcast. Yeah. Um, were you? Do you have Rochester connections? I mean, if if you want to pass on this, you don't have to answer. But yeah. Well, I live in I live in Buffalo, okay. so it's the next city over, mm-hmm. and um, I had kind of was tangentially I, I knew a couple people who speed ran who lived in Rochester and in like twenty seventeen or whatever they kind of formed a club and they would meet at uh meet at one of the colleges out there mm-hmm. on every Saturday for a few hours. And I would head out there every once in a while, maybe okay. a couple times a year, because it's you know it's like an hour and a half sure. drive. Yeah, just so if I'm, feeling like, yeah, I'm just gonna have fun Saturday and just go and chill and play some games and see what everyone else is playing. I'm gonna do that. Um so that's kind of my connection to those guys. Um, Jaxler in particular is, uh, he's, he's a good man. And I've, uh, chatted with him many a time and, uh, yeah, yeah. Those, those guys over there, they're all, they're all cool. So big yeah. shout outs to them. No, absolutely. I, I'm really impressed. I, you know, I'm, I'm a university of Rochester alum, but you know, okay. graduated nice. in 2010. So long before <laughs> uh, any of this took place. Uh, right. but, but it's very cool, you know, to, to hear about things coming up, uh, in, you know, in that mm-hmm. world. Um, all right, let's start. Let's start diving into some of these specific games. Now we've already touched on Pac-Man World a bit. You know, we mentioned that it's probably mm-hmm. your favorite run overall. You spent a lot of time on it. Uh, it's got these, right. the zigzag strategy. 
Um, mm-hmm. How did you get into running this game? Was this a game you had played as a kid and came back to, or is it something you discovered once you got into speedrunning? So it was a game I played as a kid, and I could never beat it, and that bugged me. And I, when I just found Twitch, I was like right around when I was like, I'm going to play this game again, and I ended up finishing the game. Um, and then I looked, I was like, are there any speedruns of this? Uh, and I found, you know, the speedruns and I looked at the record and I was like, I think I can beat that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run this game at some point. And that ended up being what's happened. And so I've, and so I used just using the existing strategies. I managed to get the, like the records in the two main categories at that time, which are all levels, which is just kind of like intended any percent and then actual any percent which mm-hmm. had some skips but not all of the skips that are currently used um and so i've actually i've held the records in both those records since like late 2015 and just because there's no activity in the game and i just kind of pushed those times down from there and i had actually kind of taken a break from the game and wasn't gonna come back to it after i got both those times but then i was like, maybe this one skip is possible. And I found the skip, and then I was like, all right, now I just got to reroute the whole game around this skip. And then I pushed the time down by like 10 minutes. And then I thought like, all right, now I'm done. And then I found another route that I liked. I was like, I think this route's better. And I kept playing, and I was like, all right, now my goal is a 38. And then I get a 30. All right, now my goal is a 37. And that just kept bumping down Mm -hmm. and down and down until I realized that I think you could get a 29. And... uh. I ended up getting like a, a high 30 before my first run of the game at AGDQ. And then I beat that time in the practice room like 12 hours before my run. And then my <laughs> run on stage sucked, which was really a bummer. Mm. And then it took me like quite literally until December of that year to beat the time that I got that wasn't on video. Right. right. Um, and, it was, and I was just grinding, trying to beat that time. Um, and once I kind of broke that wall, I was like, all right, now we're, we're going we're going hard for, you know, under 30 minutes here. And then I got it kind of early the next year. All right. Let me stop you for just a second. Uh, your, your video has frozen. Oh, I don't know. It's not frozen can... on my end. Really? Here. Okay. I wonder. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. bobbing my head back and forth and I'm seeing me bob my head back and forth. So, Hmm. All right. So that must mean it's something in the call. Uh, what's hmm. probably the best way to do this. Maybe if I just disable a video for you and then re-enable it. Uh, okay. Discord's thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Discord. Come on. I'm trying to do a podcast here. Yeah, for a second I thought I was actually frozen too, but I was just sitting in the same spot for like 30 seconds and then I was like, wait, am I actually frozen? And so I move around a little bit and looks like I'm fine. All right. Well, you've be- you've become uh one of the cubes from Mort the Chicken. Oh, that's excellent. Tragic, but, you know, it happens yeah. to the best of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Still amazes me that that game came out in 2000, and that was the best they could come Wasn't up with. Wasn't that? I thought that was like a student project was the story. But do you know the story behind it? Because I could have sworn someone told me it was a student project. That no. There was, that, that team made one other game, which was Tiny Tank, which is another game I've oh, actually Oh, yeah, yeah, because that's some of the same voice actors. That's a much better game, though, I feel like, Tiny Tank. Yeah, I, I have not played it yet, but mm-hmm. it looks interesting, and that's the only other game that that team made. Um, but it, it just baffles me that I'm like, I'm looking at Mort the Chicken, and I'm looking at Spyro 3, and I'm like, these games came out at the same time. 
how is that possible? Like, more it looks like a 1994, like, demo game. Um, like, Jumping Flash looks mm-hmm. better than Worth the Chicken, and there's a launch title. So I, I don't know how they managed to do that, but they totally saved the game with the writing, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, it's true. It, <laughs> it has charm. You know, maybe it doesn't yeah, control, absolutely. maybe it doesn't look good, but it has charm. Yeah, it's still fun to play. So, you know, it, you know I think that's the number one accolade a game mm-hmm. can get, so... You were you were okay. So when I when I interrupted you, you were talking about how Pac Man World you had you had started it, and it was like like a forty five minute thing, and then you kept coming mm-hmm. back to it. You had the uh, what was that SGDQ twenty seventeen or uh, AGDQ A- twenty seventeen? I right. actually submitted the game. A little side story to SGDQ twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. and I that was actually. I think that was the last event where they actually told you why they didn't accept your run. Oh, okay. And and so that was nice. So we at, I so I didn't have Twitter at that time. So someone on the community asked. Uh, I think it might have been Vulagen on the staff. Like, mm-hmm. we, want, we want how come this game didn't didn't get accepted? We just kind of want to know what we need to do. And they said we like the game, but we picked Klonoa to fill that niche. And I was like, okay, you yeah, know, I'll happens. try again next. I'll try again next time. Absolutely. And, and I did, and it's probably for the best because I had knocked the time down by like ten minutes by that time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it ended up being a probably a blessing in disguise that I didn't run it at that event. But then, even after that event, I mean, what you said, you were you were kind of down on that first showing mm-hmm. of yours for Pac Man World, yeah. Uh, but you you ended up sticking with the game, bringing the time down further, and then bringing it back for what seemed like a very a very well received uh, you know second round in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, you know not everyone gets the opportunity to run in those events, uh, let alone do the same game again, especially mm-hmm. a game that isn't particularly popular um, and really only has like one person who's known for running the game um you know even though the most popular games get some variety in there even you know when they're in all the time it's not always the same guy and so the fact that they brought me back with the same game i was i was already appreciative of because i i wanted to because that first run had been bugging me up until that point um that i kind of just you know crapped the bed on that one but so I, I, I at the when the SGDQ nineteen came around, I had not been running the game really for like over a year, um, seriously. But then I was just like, I'm just gonna do like one or two runs a day for like a month leading up to this thing, and I was consistently getting like anywhere from like a high thirty one to like a, a mid thirty three on like every single run I did. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, if I get like a high thirty one to like a low thirty two, I'm gonna be really happy with this. And that's basically exactly what happened. I got like thirty two thirty something and I was like, all right, that was a good run. That shows the updated strats, um, what the game looks like now. It did a nice beginner route. So if anyone wants to learn the game, it's a really good reference because it doesn't do any super dumb stuff. <laughs> and um yeah i was just really happy that they they let me come back to do that um and yeah just like last month it was like it's been like three years since i set my current time and it's you know there's one person who's currently trying to beat it um and i wish him all the best because i would love nothing more than to play that game again Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's the only reason i would ever play it again i just don't have the motivation to do it sure because there's I, i just can't you know, force myself to put that amount of time back into it. But if someone beat my time, I'd be right back. That's for sure. 
With this run, I, I you know, we were, I think in the GDQ commentary, you mentioned that there were a few things that were that were sort of um, you know sources of material for figuring out the RTA run. That there's a very good task. Mm-hmm. I think that you, you say in the commentary yes. that's worth watching. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you're particularly proud of in terms of contributions to this game's route that you would want to brag about? Uh, one thing I mentioned in that run is that hitting the final boss early is something I found in a Let's Play, and nobody else knew that. And I and I, I remember doing a run a run of that game, like the the first one of the run, first runs that I did that actually had other community members watching. And this was might have been like early 2016, mm. where the Pac Man community was like five people, and not, they all played Pac Man World Two, which is by far the more popular game. And I remember doing that, and everyone was like, wait, you can hit the boss before he attacks you? And I was like, yeah, I found that in a Let's Play. And so everyone was like, well, that's sick, because it saves a ton of time. Oh, yeah. um, but the one that, one of the, the skip that I'm proud of finding is the, the skip into the last world. Um, that was one that I had kind of, I was just messing with. That was, I found that back when you were actually allowed to open and close the dish tray in your console mid-run. Um, and that's how I originally found the skip. And I was really proud of finding that because it's like, this is a huge time save. And like the, the first big sequence break had already been found. And I was like, if we can get behind this thing. It's like, this game is like the perfect, it's the perfect amount of broken mm-hmm. because you can't just be lying to the end of the game and beat it in four minutes. You don't have to dilly dally in the middle here because there's some unskippable obstacle. You can just do what you need to do, do a big skip, do what you need to do, do a big skip, do what you need to do, beat the game. And it was just, you know, I certainly think that games can unfortunately sometimes just get too broken for their own good. And then going as fast as possible just isn't interesting anymore mm. um, or as interesting. But I, I think it's the perfect amount of broken. And I, I really love that about the game. You know, it's I was going to ask about the disc tray thing, because I, I feel like in my experience, usually when I've heard about, you know, things that you can do by opening the disc mm. tray, tilting the cartridge, mm. stuff like that, usually yeah. communities are like, no, nah, no, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. what was it like that you were, because were you actively using that method to try and see if you could get that sequence break? Yes. And I actually used that in the first GDQ run. Oh, um, that was. <laughs> and so what's in, the interesting kind of story about that is I wasn't like a huge fan of that being a thing, mm-hmm. but it was, but it was necessary. And yeah. I think that's kind of the key. And so basically after my run was super early in the week. And so I, a lot of the time later in the week, we were just labbing stuff and we found a way around one of the spots where you would need to do it. And then like a day later, the former record holder who had just completely vanished out of thin air just popped up and was like, Oh yeah, that big sequence break. You can do it without doing that too. And I thought like, Oh, this is great. Now we, now we don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. So now we can just get rid of it. Right, right. And and especially at that point, the game wasn't optimized to the point where it was necessary because it's not really even faster, which also helped too, that it was on par. Like if you did both tricks well without opening the tray, it was the same speed or faster than opening the tray. And I think that just kind of expedited the process of like, all right, yeah, we're just not going to do this anymore. So... I did want to ask, so I, I, I mentioned earlier that I enjoy when people do funny goofs during their GDQ runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had yeah. a pretty good goof during your GDQ 2019 run, which was yeah. uh, spelling out AMA on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there any story to come up with that where you just realized that you yeah. had the aha moment? Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Wed, actually. Wed SR, who's a good friend of mine, one of the first people I met in the community. 
he had that idea when I was practicing the run. He was like, yo, why don't you just like get AMA in one of the levels and just say, you want me to do an AMA on Reddit? And I was thinking like, I could do that, but it loses too much time. And then I thought like, wait, this level, the three letters that are just in boxes right on your path are AMA. I was like, it, it's absolutely perfect. I have to do it. I'm absolutely going to do that. Um, so not a huge story behind that, but I, I thought it was hilarious. And I was like, you know, I like to have some fun. And I, in that run, I also did a glitch where I got inside a mirror and made the Funhouse model, the actual model. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, at that point, I think when you get up there, like you're trying to go fast, but you're also trying to show off what the game's made of. And so I'm like, I got, I got to do some fun stuff here and not just be a robot and try and play through the game like, like a task here. I just got to have some fun, you know, do the skips, do some tech, show some funny glitches that people might not know about and, you know, still get a good time. So yeah. I, was, I was happy I was able to do all that stuff. No, I, I think that it is, it's a great showing and I think it it checks off all those boxes mm-hmm. you just, you just mentioned in terms of, you know, being impressive from, from a, a, a skill level, but also being a fun mm-hmm. performance, right? We are, we're yeah. sitting around playing games and it, yeah. it is a good time. Yeah. And one other, I just, one other quick aside on that run is early in the run, I make the comment that you can't see my hands, but they're going ballistic right now. And I said that because when I ran Mort a couple of days earlier, you couldn't, you could only see like my torso. Mm-hmm. Um, but the run before me was Super Mario Galaxy 2. And so the camera operator had moved the camera up to show mm-hmm. the whole runner so they could see his hands moving. Sure. And he, ne- and he never moved the camera back for my <laughs> run. And he said it was by complete accident that he never moved the camera. So my hands are in view the whole time. Yeah. And I, I'm just, it's just a great, happy little accident that that happened. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and again, I, we had mentioned you know, much earlier in the recording that the, uh, as whenever you're, you're, I guess it's usually when you're jumping and you're jumping, of course, frequently, it's a platformer. You are alternating to get extra, extra distance. Yeah, you, you don't even need to be jumping. You can do it okay. on the ground, in the air, swimming. It, it just, it, all the time, it just makes it hilarious. Uh, all right, let's talk about the next game then. Let's talk about Twin Sanity, which we, we covered a little bit in terms of being mm-hmm. a, a game that you run yourself. You want to get in the GDQ. You love to see you know other people run it. Um, I did. I did have to ask because uh, well, actually, no. First off, how did you get into running mm-hmm. this game? So I actually played the game as a kid, and I did not like it. <laughs> and I and, and I got like forty percent of the way through the game, and I stopped playing. I was like, I, I, this game is not like you know Crash Three. Mm-hmm or the wrath of cortex. I don't need to collect boxes and uh, no, I'm done. And I just stopped playing the game. And then I saw uh dust deal. Actually his current PB was the first run of the game. I watched, I ended up watching like the last 60% of that run. And I was like, wow, the run of this game is actually super sick. Maybe I'll learn this one day. Um, one weird thing about that game is there's two NTSC versions for PS2 and one is not good for runs and one is good. Mm-hmm. And really, at that point, really the only way to tell was literally to just test it uh, by putting the disc in your console. Um, So I had uh, Wed actually test that for me at AGDQ one year. And he was like, wow, this is actually the good version. And so that kind of put the spark like, hey, I could learn this one day if I wanted to. Uh, And then I was just like, yeah, what the heck, I'm going to learn this. And then I took a probably not so smart initial approach which is i tried to learn i learned like 90 percent of the like world record strats and it took me like 600 attempts just Mm -hmm. to finish my first run Mm -hmm. and 
but that ended up paying off because then I improved like really quickly. Like in the next two PBs, I brought my time down by like a half an hour and it just ended up kind of working out that I had all that practice with the harder strats for longer. Like, I mean, it was like I was banging my head against the wall for the first few months, but once I actually got better at the game, I was already, I already knew what to do. I didn't have to learn anything or relearn anything or try and forget some stuff. I was just like, I know what to do here and just do it. Yeah. It was a steeper hill to climb, but once you got up there, it was worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the game soundtrack? Uh, it's incredible. It's, okay. <laughs> it, it perfectly fits the game. And I, I think that's important because I think they could have just said like, oh, we're just going to do acapella because we can. Mm-hmm. But it perfectly fits the goofy vibe of the game, especially like the the, the music in the first level, which you know drives you nuts because you're resetting there all day long. But just from an objective standpoint, it's just absolutely perfect for the game. Uh, and Spiral Mouth did a fantastic job with that soundtrack. Um, so I, I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to the music in the game. There isn't really any song that's even bad mm-hmm. even the worst song is like okay and uh, it's it's just great so i know with this game there's there's some weird version stuff going on uh, especially mm-hmm. when comparing ntsc versus pal and also yeah. ps2 versus xbox now the i watched your you know your 100 speedrun world record which mm-hmm. i think is pal ps2 right yes but there is a possibility that that xbox is better for some things it is is better it just objectively is better um there's a lot of spots in my run if you notice where i pause the game Mm -hmm. and i'm actually pausing the game to make it load things faster um and the reason that works is an extremely dumb reason of the game is not playing the music so it can actually load stuff faster um you know uh, so on so I'll, i'll take an example when you get on the boat to go from hub one to hub two on PS2, you uh, you pause for like eight and a half seconds, and that <clears throat> excuse me, that actually saves like four seconds. If you just sat there, you take like twelve seconds. But on Xbox, you have to pause for like one second, and then you're just in Hub Two immediately, um, and that transfers all around the run. Um, I would say just on loads, the Xbox version saves at least thirty seconds, um, and then there are a number of strategies that are easier because. At, Xbox handles collision in certain spots a little differently, and it makes a couple of tricks either easier or just straight up possible that mm-hmm. are not possible on PS2. So, um, or are so precise on PS2 that it, they might as well not be possible because it's you know down to you know floating point precision, and it's just there's just no chance to right, bother. Not going to work out. Yeah. So I guess I'm yeah. I'm curious. At some point, you must have made the decision to get a pal ps2 was this the game that that prompted you to do that and like what 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 when did you cross that threshold so yeah this was the game that accelerated it but there were a couple other things i wanted i wanted pal pac-man world because i wanted to test it to see if it was faster Mm -hmm. and the annoying thing about it is you actually move way faster it's like crash 2 where you just move way faster because they incorrectly compensated for the frame rate but the big sequence breaks don't work because you move faster. Like you interact with the collision differently. Okay. So you can't do any of the big skips. Right. So um, it's hilarious. It's faster for every <laughs> single IL, but it's not faster for full game. Um, and then I also got Dog's Life because that's also faster on PAL because of different language options. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a run that I had uh, I'd couched for. I couched for Ricky's run when he did that at AGQ 2018. 
and that game is hilarious. If anyone has not played it, uh, please get a copy. Um, so those were the main games that I that incentivized me to get one, um, because the dealing with the wrong way slides on NTSC for Twin Sanity in particular is you can do it. I just it just it just bugged me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, there's a great clip on my channel where I like grab a gem and I like slide to the left and crash literally does a 180 and slides to the right. <laughs> And I'm just, and I'm pretty sure the title of that clip is just NTSC. And it's just like, I just don't want to have to deal with this. And, you know, there are a few things that are harder on PAL, like the, the body slam is a little lower. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple spots, particularly early in the game where it's a little harder, but overall, like the, the frame rate is just smoother. The game is better optimized to run at 50 and you have way better control over crash. And it's just, it's, it's just kind of the, the better experience in my opinion. But but at this point, you know, so uh, I, I think it's interesting when you brought up why Pal PS2 is you you just gave a bunch of reasons. You had different things you wanted to test. You knew mm-hmm. that you know things mm-hmm. like Crash Two, uh, Tim Sanity, yeah. etc. Uh, but at this point, in terms of, I, I assume Pal Xbox is what you'd have to get. It's not just picking up an Xbox from you know NTSC Xbox from a flea market or yeah. whatever. You have to get a Pal Xbox to have the yeah. truly optimal version, and that's that's not worth it for just Twin Sanity. Right, yeah, I'm not importing that th- that behemoth for one mm-hmm. game, and there, actually, there are there are some NTSC Xbox specific strats. Oh, okay. That are that save a little bit of time. So technically, NTSC Xbox is the optimal, oh, okay. like the optimal, optimal version. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm sure if Atomical Sloths is in the chat right now, he's going to be loving this because he's like the big advocate for the NTSC Xbox version, and. Um, you know, he'll take that to his grave and mm-hmm. I'll tell him like, no, I refuse to do that. Um, <laughs> but, but another reason I don't play the Xbox version is I hate the Xbox controller as right. I mentioned earlier. As we mentioned so earlier. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to get some sort of, I would, I would get some sort of adapter if I got an Xbox to play the game, but it's, the record is not nearly in, in 100%. The record is not nearly optimized enough to require it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the last time I played the game, I had a run that I lost in the last level of the last room. The last room of the last level where I was like 15 seconds ahead of world record on a run that had four more deaths than the record has. Mm. So it's like you, I, I think you could fairly easily take over a minute off the record with with no new strategies, just optimizing gameplay. Um, and you know, I it doesn't you don't need the console to push it down. If, if you wanted to push the any percent record down, I think you would need to get an, an any sort of Xbox. The record in that category is extremely extremely good. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but that category, as I mentioned before, is not nearly as interesting as it used to be. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, I'll, I'll be interested to see if there's activity. Having now, I think, you know, watched both um, uh, your your run as well as, as Rico's run, uh, I'm not, like, attuned to it. Like, I'm, if, I, yeah. if I see it happening on Twitch, somebody, you know, I'll be mm. like, oh, okay, now I know what this is. And I, I can sort of yeah. get into it. Um, mm-hmm. how did you get into running Mort the chicken? Uh, that was a, that was a cane, a cane of Pocky okay. suggestion. He was like, yo, you should try this game. The record's on pal. I think you just beat it. <laughs> and, and I'll, I looked for the game. I found a copy for, you know, $5 mm-hmm. or whatever and played the game. And it took me like a couple days to get the record. And, um, then I was like, oh, I'm just happy with this game. And then someone actually, some other people actually took the game seriously and and pushed and actually pushed it down like it's actually fairly optimized now like you could beat the record probably by like 15 more seconds but 
Um, that was actually fun because I, one of the one of the things I do enjoy about running those obscure games is whenever I get a, a the record or like a time I like, it's never like the end, and I kind of like leaving it there because it mm. at least leaves open the possibility of either me just coming back to improve it or somebody else picks up the game and beats my time, which will draw me back. And I and I and I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, on on specific games, and I'm like, this game is fun to play. I don't want to grind it into the dirt and make make myself hate it and never want to play it again. So I'll just get like a time that I think is pretty good, and then I'll put it back on the shelf, and then I can come back to it if I ever get the motivation to. No, I think that's a good approach too, because it, it, it in a way can almost kind of bait people into running it, and then you get to you know yeah. enjoy comparing notes and competing, mm-hmm. etc. Right? You know, I think that's uh, yeah. that is definitely a solid approach. What Absolutely. is what is the history uh, of the whole cutscene incentive? I, I think you mentioned earlier that you know this was a run that had a, a great reception mm-hmm. at SGDQ mm-hmm. 2019. You had a good crowd for for Silly Block, mm-hmm. uh, but part of it was that you would offer it a cutscene incentive without actually watching the cutscenes yourself, except to you know mm-hmm. to, to provide the timing information to the the, the mm-hmm. organizers. Uh, how did that come about? When did you make that decision to approach it okay. that way? So actually, the first thing is I didn't watch the cutscenes to get the time estimate. I looked oh. up a video to see how long they were and just and just tacked that on. Okay, okay. Um, so the story run that is really interesting. So I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but <laughs> the day before the games list came out, I got a DM on Discord from a member of the staff. Okay, that said, "Do you want to submit the incentives for Mort the Chicken as an incentive?" And that basically told me that the game is in. Sure, sure, and, sure. And you know, because why would they be asking me this yeah. question? And so I was like, sure, you know, because I only, I, you know, I'd seen like the intro and then the the closing cutscene, and they're both great. And I was like, why the heck not? Like the game is already silly enough. Let's just like maximize the amount of time people see the game. And so that's kind of where that came from. And then I just kind of was like, yeah, the the cutscenes in the game, they're like, yeah, they're like ten minutes. Yeah, just throw ten minutes on there. And then I actually, like, before my run, I was like, wait a minute, am I actually going to go underestimate? I don't think I've done, I hadn't done a run with watching the cutscenes. So I did a run on mute Mm -hmm. so that I didn't actually hear any of the dialogue. And I was like three minutes underestimate. I was like, all right, I'm totally fine here. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was was kind of the funny story around that is I actually kind of knew that people wanted the cutscenes before I even knew that the game was in the event. (laughs) <laughs> Although it was, you know, obviously very strongly implied that if they're asking you to submit an incentive for a game, that the game is going to be on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And and also your your uh, your couch commentator Punchy mm-hmm. had also been forbidden from watching the cutscenes. Yeah, I hadn't shown them to him. Okay. Uh, uh, when I did practice runs, if he was there, I did I did the I did the check the timing on the cutscenes, mm-hmm. when no one was there. Okay, um, and then. When he was there, I was just kind of going through the game. We didn't really even practice any commentary at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially for a game like that, I think that just makes it way more natural if you're just reacting to what happens. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, he, and I think he helps make that run because his facial expressions throughout the throughout that run are hilarious, and he has some great, you know, some great quips and commentary to boot. Um, I think, as I said somewhere afterwards, is that he's he's worth his weight in gold for commentary on PS One nonsense. So. Um, yeah, I'm really happy that he was uh, he was around to do that. Cause, yeah, uh, no, he's an expert yeah, for he, sure. He, he, he killed it for sure. All right, we're running through the PS1 games here. Uh, another mm-hmm. excellent PS1 platformer that you did uh, at AGDQ 2020 
was mm-hmm. uh, Jumping Flash, one of like the very, yeah. very first console 3D platformers. Yeah. How'd you get into mm-hmm. running this one? Um, I actually saw Liquid Squid play it. Um, so I found Squid from running the Ape Escape games, mm-hmm. um, especially like two and three, which he was, which I think he's more well known for, particularly two. Um, but then I saw him play Jumping Flash, and I, and I saw it. And I watched it. And I was like, "This game is totally in my wheelhouse. Like, this is exactly what the type of game that I would play." And so he had the the old record in that game from like you know twenty twelve or something mm-hmm. is actually reasonably good. And so it actually took him quite a while to beat it. Um, that game is way less forgiving on boss patterns. Like they just screw you for no reason. Uh, and so I picked that up and ended up pushing the record down. And it's since been obliterated. Um, but I really don't want to go back to that game just because it's it's like it's fun to play. Like I think it's a better game than the second one. Mm-hmm. But the second one controls so much better and is just so much more reliable as a speedrun because the bosses just are far more consistent um that if i ever went back to either of those games it would probably be two um which is also a fun game it's basically just one with bigger levels and Mm -hmm. better frame rate and better controls that's basically basically what it is so an interesting thing with versions in this game that i think was explained Mm -hmm. during commentary is that the the version of the game at least that you were playing in hdq 2020 Mm -hmm. was uh, the japanese version but it was the second release of the japanese version which in effect what had the some version. yeah the same mechanics as the english mm-hmm. version was that something that was known by the time you got into speedrunning the game or how did or was that later discovered yeah so it was funny so i bought jumping flash one japanese like on its own mm-hmm. and then i and because it was cheaper and then i bought jumping flash two and it came with the second disc and i didn't realize <laughs> that that was actually jumping flash one i thought it was the soundtrack mm-hmm. and so i tweeted out a picture i'm like yeah i got these and then kane pops in the, my comments he's like you do know you bought two copies of jumping flash one right and i was like <laughs> what are you talking about i thought this was the soundtrack and uh, so, so i now have a japanese copy of jumping flash one that just sits on the shelf and i never play it um because i did play it a little bit and mm-hmm. the controls are way worse the jumping is way worse and you cannot quit out of the game from the pause menu. you have to reset your console to reset um there's actually and I, and I didn't play it more than that, but uh, another runner, Javelin, actually uh, explored it a little deeper. And a couple of the levels actually just have different, uh, you know, collectible layouts oh. later in the game. So okay. they they changed a reasonable amount when they brought the game over here. Um, and then, yeah, they just, when they you know, released the second game in Japan, they just took the English version and just put an NTSCJ region lock on it and bundled it with the game. Um so I guess my recommendation to anyone who's looking into running the first game is just buy the second game because you get the first game for free. Uh, and then you also have the second game. So you just get two games for the price of one. Right, right. No, I mean, that's, honestly, that's a pretty good deal. If you, if you messed up the, mm-hmm. the first version of the first game that yeah. much, just package it yeah. with the second game. Um, yeah, exactly. One thing I'm curious about, uh, you know, talking PlayStation speedrunning, a lot of these PS1 games, you know, it's pretty typical for people to, if they're doing it on hardware, to use mm-hmm. a uh, to use a PS2. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are all these games games that, that you're doing fastest speed with, or, or do some Absolutely. of these games have issues? Yeah. Every, every single one. Every one? Okay. Um, the only game that I've ever run that has had issues with FDS is Spyro 3, mm-hmm. which is a known issue, and it yeah. causes crashes on cutscenes, but because that game is on like the Vita and PSTV, you're allowed to run on fastest speed, but you're allowed to open and close the tray to fix cutscene crashes. 
So if you if you pop the tray open and close it, it'll actually uncrash the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is allowed um, just to alleviate that issue, especially since it is really the only way to make playing the game on PS2 competitive with any other hardware in the other categories. Um, but even but you know even that's inconsistent. Like from even like between model numbers of consoles or specific consoles, the frequency with which you crash in that game is really bizarre. Some people never crash anywhere. Some people crash on every cutscene every time. Some people only crash on specific cutscenes every time. It's 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 there's really no rhyme or reason to it. So it's just allowed to kind of alleviate that. Yeah, my impression from talking to PlayStation speedrunners mm-hmm. is that PlayStation is haunted. This is especially the Crash mm-hmm. speedrunners. Whenever they talk about Wrath of Cortex load times, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just the most haunted yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's hilarious because the version with the longest load times is the fastest version for speedrunning because you kill one of the bosses easier. Mm. Um, so also there's a debug feature that's left over in the first version that's not allowed for runs which i disagree with Mm -hmm. um one of the time trials if you just hit the clock and hit select it literally just teleports you to the end of the level but you're not allowed to do that which is super (laughs) which is super lame as far as i'm concerned because you're just pressing buttons in the game it's just you're pressing buttons in the game but i don't run the game and i'm not out of the game so that's not my decision to make so yeah 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 all right. Um. So let's let's. I wanted to touch on these two these two mech games. I had mentioned. Sure. Uh, I forget it was before the podcast, but you know, I, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm into a lot of mecha stuff, and uh, I had noticed that Ghost in the Shell and Omega Boost. Actually, a mm-hmm. note about this podcast interview series: the first five episodes of Overboost are actually entirely about mecha. That was mm-hmm. that was how I started yeah. the podcast before broadening mm-hmm. it to uh, yeah. you know to sort of be about anything. And uh, so, how did you get into running Ghost in the Shell? Uh, so that was another game that Kane showed me at mm-hmm. a, at AGDQ. He was like, "Hey, you've played Jumping Flash. You'll like this game. It's made by the same dev team, mm-hmm. um, and I think you'll like it. It plays very similarly." And so he had a he had a setup and had a copy of the game, and so I played through it casually, beat it in like a couple hours. It's not a very long game, which is my main criticism of it because mm-hmm. it's actually extremely expensive. Oh yeah, American it's a cool copy. yeah. It's yeah. hella expensive. Um, so it's really not worth it to buy an american copy but if you do have an american copy you can sell it for a ton of money um and so i was like hey this game's pretty cool um i'll buy maybe i'll buy a copy and so i bought a copy like right after getting home and one of the interesting things about that is when i picked the game up is that the record had no video and that kind (laughs) of irked me too because i'm like not i don't even have a reference here so i had to watch like the third place time to get any sort of reference. And as I was running the game, I started thinking like, I don't even think this time is beatable. Like, I think this guy faked the time, but then he showed up in my chat and said like, here's some strats that you need to be doing or that I remember doing when I played Mm -hmm. this game, you know, five years ago. And so I ended up actually, I did end up beating the guy's time. And, uh, and I was like, all right, well that makes me happy. And, um, that's one of the, one of the kind of side games that I've picked up that actually has had some competition. So the second place runner casino coin has, taken the record back in that game multiple times and so i've come back to the game on numerous occasions to to push that down um and i the last time i played the game i was playing it because i ran in a hot fix for mech games for Mm. gbq i remember that uh, yeah so i i the run i did in the marathon was like just off record and so i was like i gotta keep playing this game (laughs) and then like the next time i played it i knocked the record down by a huge chunk and i was like all right i'm happy to leave that there and there's actually been two new runners recently on the game, so maybe one of them will 
we'll push it down a little further. We'll see. I hope so because the yeah. game is super fun to play. It's a super cool game for sure. Yeah, yeah, even even just casually. Do you have any sort of connection to Ghost in the Shell stuff? Have you watched the movie, the anime? Absolutely not. Did watch the movie, read the manga, anime? Absolutely not. I saw the game. I thought this video game is cool. It's my only connection to the game. No, uh, that's absolutely fair. nothing about the lore, but um, yeah. I mean, the, the lore, it's its mostly a lot of references, I'll tell you. As someone who has seen the movie and watched the anime, it's good yeah. references. They actually, the mm-hmm. I thought, the, like, visually, the, the, there's a, the movie has a famous fight scene on water, like, in, like, shallow mm-hmm. water. And there's a level where you're chasing down yeah. an invisible person in shallow water. I was like, oh, this is a really mm-hmm. cool way to make this into a video game. Um, yeah. So it's pretty. What about, so we mentioned, I think we did mention uh, Omega Boost, which is the, uh, the Polyphony Digital uh, mech yeah. game uh what got you into running this so it was a game i had seen on my you know perusal through you know games that are on speedrun.com that nobody runs mm-hmm. and i was like i don't know if this game is for me like eh, wasn't wasn't big on it and then i saw ever run it and I, i've known ever from running ape escape and croc and some other stuff and i saw him playing the game and i was like yo this game is actually just fire like th- this game looks super fun to play and the music is just incredible. And so I thought, like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a copy. I don't know if I'll run it, but, like, I'll at least play it. And so I bought a copy, and I didn't play it for, like, a year. Just put it on the shelf. And then I was one day I was like, yeah, what the heck, I'll learn this game. And, you know, started playing it, practiced all the zones, and, you know, was just kind of copying, like, the top two runs, trying to figure out, like, playing ILs like how can I get an IL that beats the, the the segment time that's in the record and once I had done that on every stage I was like all right now it's time to do some full game runs and it took me a, a decent while but uh, you know I managed to get the record in that game and then literally the next day the guy who uh, had the record came back to stream did one attempt and beat my time oh. and then and then just to flex did another attempt and also beat my time with that run <laughs> and then did one attempt of the hard mode and then also got the record on that attempt and i was like well what the hell like wow what am i supposed to do with this and then i was just kind of praying that he would just disappear for a while <laughs> and then once he was gone for a while i came back to the game and i found a couple new strategies um for some of the boss fights particularly later in the game that helped me get some like crazy times on some of the zones that were like 10 seconds under what I thought was possible. Mm-hmm. And since that got, game uses game time, cause it's just convenient. Right. And I ended up, you know, pushing the record down by like 10 seconds or so. Um, it still has some room for improvement, but um, there's enough nonsense that can happen in that game that I'm happy to leave that one until it gets beaten. Um, definitely not a game that I would like to grind into the, into the dirt and then never want to play again. Right, yeah, no, that's definitely again. Yeah, we we already established how it's it's nice to have this library of games. So I've mentioned a bunch of games. Are there any speed runs that you've done that we haven't covered, which you would want people to know about? Or you're just like, oh, by the way, this is also a sick speed run. Oh, uh, well, I have my profile open. Let me look. I don't even remember. Let's see. So we they've covered those. Uh, I covered Ape Escape. I played that. Uh, Forty Winks is an interesting game. Um, that game, I've never 100%ed it casually. I have no intention of ever doing that. <laughs> I don't even think the game is that good. It's got, but it's got good tech and you have to actually play the game with a claw grip the whole time mm. because the tech is a long jump and you have to press X and circle on the same frame. 
So you, so I just put like my index finger on X and my middle finger on circle and just kind of tap them repeatedly the whole game. Um, and then there's just a huge skip that skips like 75% of the game, which is nice because the, the back 75% of the game is terrible. Hmm. Um, but the skip is also terrible. I think it's literally just called stupid trick on my splits. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's just a super dumb clip where you just get shot through the floor. Um, that game is actually, it's supposed to be like, like Rayman would be my best description. You have to, where you have to 100% the game to beat the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you now you just don't need to do any of that. You can just skip right to the final boss because they were brilliant and left the final boss loading trigger active like in the starting area of the game. So if you can just get out of bounds, you just can get there and you're good. Um, but not, other than that, there's not too much to write home about on that game other than it's hilarious that the cover says move over Mario and the game only came out on PS1. Um, although it did come out on the N64 in 2018, they did release the N64 port um, a couple of years ago, which is hilarious. I'm pretty sure the the rights to that game must have gotten snatched up by some weird publisher because mm-hmm. 40 Winks is one of the games that I think that you get as like a freebie if you buy like certain optical drive emulators. I forget <laughs> I, it might be like like might be like Polymega or Pico has Pico has the rights mm-hmm. I believe. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I think they've licensed like if you get like a Polymega or a Sayo or whoever you know they'll give you a copy of like this yeah. and like five other like very weird games from the PS1. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a weird game, um, but you know, the, you know, there's some fun little history about it. Um, other game I have on here that we haven't touched quite on yet is Pac Man Arrangement, mm. which is another game I ran at the last H L A G Q twenty twenty, uh, and that game is just I mean it's an arcade game just straight up, um, and that was a game that I started running back when back in like you know twenty sixteen or whatever when the Pac Man community was like six people because a couple of them had done runs of it and were like this game is cool and i remember specifically playing the game in the car on the way to my grandmother's house um but i had lost my cartridge and so Mm -hmm. i bought another one because it's super cheap and that's a game that has gone under undergone like a ton of reroutes like it's just a game of mazes when i started playing the game the record was 12 minutes now the record is like 920 um and just from reroutes and finding some like AI manipulations and stuff. And um, that's, that's another game that I always love coming back to every once in a while, just to try and grind it out. It's, you know, I think, I think, I think it's the best iteration of arcade pack. Mm-hmm. Um, now so. you're, you're playing and capturing that. I mean, it says it on speedrun.com using the game boy player. Yes. Uh, are you, do you are you using a stock GameCube controller for that, or do you have something else for? for uh, I'm using a Game Boy Advance SP. Oh, okay. I have, okay. A, I have a cable to link that to the mm-hmm. GameCube. Uh, I've tried playing the game on a GameCube controller. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's not good because <laughs> uh, you can't use the stick, and you really can't use the D pad because that's even worse. Yeah. Uh, so, but I had a, a link cable um, that I used whenever I was trading between, like, you know, the hand, the GBA Pokemon games and the mm-hmm. GameCube Pokemon games. Um, so I dug that out and, and that's what I use uh, to play the game. And th- that D pad is great. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's great for that game. No, that's the, that's the way to go for, for game boy players either, you know, either using a game boy advance, you know, whether it be the SP or something or mm-hmm. having some other adapter, like anything, yeah. <laughs> anything but yeah. the GameCube any, controller. Yeah, literally any other controller would be better for the game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's start getting towards the, the end of the formal interview um uh we got a few exit questions in the way out one of the things i like to do for this interview series is get some connective tissue where i get a question 
for my previous guest for the next guest and so on. Uh, and so my last guest was Jaxler, yeah, who has this question for you. It's not really a speedrunning related question. Oh, great! But here you go. What is a food that you hate the smell of, but you love the taste of? Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, I actually have a good answer to that. I'm going to say pulled pork because when you cook that, it smells absolutely rancid. Mm-hmm. And but when and when you put it back in the refrigerator, it just stinks the whole fridge up. But when you eat it, it tastes awesome. So th- that's going to be my answer to that. That's a pretty solid answer, yeah. and I'd, I would have yeah. to agree. That, especially depending like what you, like when you get like vinegar at the wrong temperature is not a pleasant smell. Ooh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not yeah. good. Yeah, no, well, thank you. That does mean that I I do need from you a question for my next guest. Uh, the guest is a speedrunner. I'm not going to tell you who they are. <laughs> Uh, okay. Question doesn't have to be about speedrunning. Obviously, you just got mm-hmm. a question that wasn't about yeah. speedrunning. Uh, do you have something mm-hmm. in mind? Man, I might I might have to kind of chain off Jaxler and a, a common discussion okay. among the uh, the speedrun Rochester community, and that is, I'm, I'm just going to go with: Is a hot dog a sandwich? And if it's not, then what is it? That, that'll be my question. This is right. often a hot topic. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the, a hot uh, topic of discussion. Community. So, so I, I think it, I gotta throw that one out there. It's always my custom to uh, to let you know who this question is going to be going to. Uh, I feel like this is a recognizable name, so you should. That, I know who that is. Okay, I think that, I think I think he would be a good person to answer that question. Excellent. So. All right, I look forward I look forward to getting yeah. getting that answer. Um, yeah. So a lot of the games that we've been talking about are on the older side. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? Do you keep? up on upcoming games are there any games coming out that you're interested in and excited to play uh there is one game and it is a game it's called forza popo mm-hmm. it is made it's like a like a, there's like a one person dev team and it's a combination it's a, like a, a combination of jumping flash and pilot wings mm. and the the alpha is actually currently out for the game and i signed up to test it but i haven't played it yet what's um, the name of it again can you like maybe like Forza Popo. I'll type it in okay. chat here. Yeah, so just type it in chat. Know. Yeah. But the uh, okay. the the mascot is adorable. Uh, it literally just looks like you know, uh, like Robert from Jumping Flash, but mm-hmm. you know, he met like he met anime. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Uh, the game itself is has a great vibe to it. Um, from what I've seen and from what I've seen other people play of it, um, so I'm I'm excited to play to test that eventually when I have some time. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that when the, you know, the full game comes out, it'll be, it'll be a hit. Cause it looks, it, it certainly looks like the guy's putting a lot of time into it and taking in some feedback on bugs and, you know, ways to improve the game, you know, whether it be quality of life or just, you know, other general stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that when it comes out. I'm really excited that I feel like we've we've hit this point with with indie games and sort of throwback retro games that we're we're moving beyond it being just 2D platformers and we're starting to get to yeah. a lot of these other uh, mm-hmm. cool genres, a lot of spiritual you know successors to other games. Uh, and to know that someone's doing that with you know Jumping Flash, Pilot Wings uh, is mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. If you could uh, shot, if you could put more eyeballs on someone, you you could say that more people should watch this runner. Uh, who would it be? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I gotta think of 
I was going to think of the, the guy who beat me in jumping flash, but he doesn't, he doesn't stream, so mm-hmm. I can't I can't throw him. I'll, I'll shout him out anyways, triple six. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. Uh, he runs the jumping flash games and Silent Bomber, which is another super cool PS1 oh, game. That's, yeah, that's a cool one too, yeah. Um, but he doesn't stream, so subscribe to him on YouTube, I guess, until <laughs> he pops some stuff out. Um, who, who is underrated? Um, <sighs> hmm... It's a good question. Let me look through the games I run again and see if there's anyone who's underrated in any of these that people should watch. Um, let's see. People should watch. Uh, and again, if you're if you're watching or listening, once we wrap up the uh, the formal script here in a second or two, uh, if you have questions to give to to Joe here, we'll we'll be doing that in a hot moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Probably like some crash runner or something. There's some some crash or spiral runner I kind of want to go with, um, just because there's so many of them mm-hmm. and some of them are like crazy good. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I've been I've been consistently yeah. impressed with like every every crash streamer I've encountered. Mm-hmm. I've just been impressed with them being good at the game, but also you know just being like fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm gonna go with Tep. 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 W. Mm. Tep underscore W. He plays Crash One. He is the hundred percent record in that game. Um, I think you know, Crash One. I think is almost underrated because it doesn't have a slide. Mm-hmm. So the it just looks more boring if you don't know what's going on. But there is so much technical about that game in particular. Um, about how they are death abusing to carry cycles through multiple levels at a time um, and, you know, strategically dying in specific, because you can't die after a checkpoint in that run or you have to start the level over um, because crash one doesn't save boxes at checkpoints because good game design. And so being strategic with your deaths, there's some out of bounds, you know, skipping some revisits on some levels um, and, you zigzag like crazy in that game and crash controls like a complete tank. So it's very impressive what he's been able to do in that game. And he's actively playing it now. And I've been popping in every once in a while to, to see what he's see what he's got. So I, I would definitely shout him out if you're interested in crash stuff. No, I, I have also had Tet recommend to me as well. So definitely mm-hmm. uh, a solid runner as well. In fact, I, th- I think one, one of my speed friends actually gifted me a subscription to his channel the other day. Oh, nice. How about so, that? I sh- maybe I Perfect. can actually do the uh, wait a second. Can I do that too? Oh yeah, I can do. It. There you go. Yeah. I'm also fun time now. Yeah, that's um, a good email. <laughs> where should people find you? Where what should they be? Where should they be looking for you at? Uh, Twitch, Twitch.tv/joster98. Um, I have absolutely no sort of streaming schedule, and I will never attempt to have one. Probably, um, just because it I don't like to force myself to stream. So I usually stream on the weekends and then maybe once or twice during the week. And um, I stream all sorts of nonsense. Uh, I've been recently playing Twin Sanity again. We talked a lot about Twin Sanity, um, but I have a ton of fun playing that game. So I'm back at it. Um, mindlessly resetting in the first level over and over again. So if you like Jungle Bungle, please stop by. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter at Joster underscore 98. Um, I tweet you know, every once in a while when something funny happens, IRL or, you know, something else happens. Um, not, not a big tweeter, but, uh, you know, follow me anyways, because everything I tweet is funny. 
No, that's solid advice. So uh, in a second here, when when the, the bot works correctly, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. It just output yeah. old information. Yeah, please follow Jaxler, too. By yeah, way, follow Jaxler, you, too. Yeah. But there you go. All right. Hey, I don't know why hey, I didn't hey. propagate. But anyway, nice. there's yeah. the links. You got the links for both the Twitch, the Twitter, even through the, yeah. the YouTube in the there YouTube. as well. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, if you're, if you're listening to this, watching this after the fact on the Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, you'll be able to look in the description and find all of those links as well. I'll probably throw in a few of the, the VODs as well that I watched in preparation for this. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for giving me all this time. No, no. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to talk about kind of the the weird games that I run. Because you know, if I'm playing some of these games, you know, there's five to ten people watching, and you know, every, and like half of them are like, "What the heck is this? <laughs> you know, where is where is Pac Man?" You know. So uh, I'm happy to you know kind of give give some exposure to those games, and hopefully, you know, someone says like, "Hey, that game sounded interesting. I want to check it out." You know, that that's all I can hope. That's what I can hope for on most of these. So. Uh, yeah, please run any game that I've mentioned. Any game on my profile is a good game to run, except for the Land Before Time. <laughs> except any for the Land Before that, Time, not that. One. Any, any game I run is a good game to run, except that. One. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and I do need. You can't beat my time. Oh, yeah, don't do yeah, it. Don't beat my time. Run it, but don't beat my time. I actually think I think Punchy once tweeted the exact same thing. Yes, that is one of my favorite tweets of all time. Every and time I, someone gets close to my time, I retweet that. Yeah, and I re, I replied to that with uh, I made a dog comic for that. You know, the one mm-hmm. where it's like uh, like uh, like was like throw but don't give or whatever. Like the dog has mm-hmm. the the frisbee, and I was like run yeah. but don't beat times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so I do need one more thing from you before uh, we go over to Q and A, which is that I'm going to say a cheesy catchphrase like "Let's boost on out of here." And when I say that, I need you to give me a rocket engine noise. All right, I'll see if I can do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just try a whistle or something. No, please, whatever you want to yeah. do. It's you be, your creative right. space. Folks, thank yeah. you so much for listening. Let's boost on out of here. Did that come through? I hope it yeah, did. Yeah, it, it actually, most of okay. it came through pretty much. I think okay, it, maybe the very tail end might have trailed off. But yeah. Uh, anyway, folks, we're we're still on the front page for at least another ten minutes. So if you got questions uh, that you want to give to uh, to Joe here, uh, please throw them in the chat. I know there's a few of you. I've seen, I saw some some pack attacks, some fun times. Yeah. There's people out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Wingo has some silly question. Yeah, you. Not Wingo, fire away. What do you got? Um. No, I, I Ted's probably. I need to reach out to Ted soon for doing uh, doing uh, an, an interview. Probably, I, I, Ted seems like a fun mm-hmm. one to talk to. Yeah. Um, anybody else that you would want to see interviewed? Who would be a good interview? Uh, hmm. I'm going to think about that. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll give you an answer before we before we're out of here. But All right. I, Albert asks, uh, "Have you ever seen Attack of the Saucerman? I assume that's a film, or a I've never seen game? that or heard of it." Yeah, Albert. What do you is that? Yeah. Albert got, is an got, aficionado of weird games, yeah. so yeah, I've got I, no information on that. Is oh, it, it's is a PS One game, really? PS One. Oh, all right, it's on my list if it's any good. Let me check this out. 
Was it Attack of the Sauce Man? It's Attack of the Saucer of the Man. Saucer Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I said I said Man earlier. Is. Right, is this any good? Uh, action game. Now okay. it's an action game. Yeah, it's a third person it's action. Pal game. only. Ooh, that's pal. hot. Pal only. Pal and only. PC. Attention is drawn. Yeah, twenty nine percent score. Ooh, it could be good. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to check this out. This this could be good. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. That could be. So I don't. I don't think yeah. I've seen this one before, but it's certainly. Is there, speed? Is, it, is there a speed one of it? There's no leaderboard, so I can. No leaderboard. There so, you go. No. So no. No resources. That's, so that's free real estate. Yeah. The long play is six and a half hours. That could be rough, but maybe maybe it's good. Oh, there's a post on SDA about it. There you go. That's a solid resource. Oh, that's that's a lead. Better. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be the first time I went on SDA to get some resources, that's for sure. So I may have to scope that out. No, same. I definitely, I definitely had that experience. Yeah. I think it was, there was like a whole thread on Shogo when I was doing, it was like mm-hmm. a first-person shooter from 1998. So that was mm-hmm. that was fun. Oh, man. Usually you get more. Come on. Where, where are the where are the question people here? Where, Just someone the, saying they'll run it but never did. That sounds like a lot of SDA. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of SDA. There, there used to be threads on SDA where people would request speedruns. That people would be like, I would love yeah. to see someone speedrun this. Um, yeah. Because like, I was looking to see if anyone had done stuff on Kalik. And mm-hmm. the only mention of like Kalik and speedrun in the same sentence I could find was on SDA, someone said someone should do a speedrun of Khalid. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I found that person's Twitter, and I was like, mm-hmm. alright, if I do a run, I'll tell this person. I'll follow up with them from their yeah. SDA post like yeah. 15 years ago, but I yeah. didn't get a run, so. <laughs> yeah. Best pizza topping? Uh, I'll feel like either, like either barbecue chicken or bacon. Like, I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to go wrong with either of those. Those are both extremely good. All right, so, I, I gotta, I gotta be annoying. Do you, do you like buffalo stuff? Do you like buffalo chicken? Whatever. Yes, you know okay. we we normally don't refer to stuff as buffalo here. I mean, maybe a little bit, but you know, <laughs> you know that you know when you go to a place and it says when you're out of town, and you go to a place that says buffalo wings. We, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would steer clear. That that's my personal recommendation because okay. uh, you know unless you're going to like a buffalo wild wings, and I'm sure you're fine. But, right? Yeah. It's, it's I, you know, wild I, wings. I, I'm a, I'm a big on just like they're just chicken wings. They're just chicken wings. Infinitely many great places to get them around here. So. Um, I always, I always maintain the the invitation that if anyone ever comes to visit Niagara Falls, I will give them the ten cent tour and buy them chicken wings. So um, that that invitation will that has remained open and will definitely be open when uh, the pandemic is over. Do they do they have garbage plates in Buffalo? Or is that no, just, that's okay. further. That's, yeah, for, that's, that's just Rochester that's, mostly. That's more Rochester, Syracuse okay, okay. type stuff yeah that's not really a thing here mm. I, I i was curious how how like if that spread out from from the area at all yeah, not didn't quite get here um but i have had them and they're mm. fantastic i okay. highly recommend no that's fair it's there are i've had some good plates i've definitely uh definitely enjoyed it is there a story to the pac-man plushie that we we saw uh on on the corner of the camera here it is here yeah, we go there there it is. Go. uh not really i just saw it on ebay and it was like yeah it's like five bucks why the heck not and i bought it and uh you know it was just like yeah i'll just put it on uh put it on top of my tv and it will it will bless it will bless all runs um and it hasn't done a great job of that because i reset way too much still but 
Um, you know, it, it, in that moment of inspiration, you need to just look up and he's just staring back at you with the same expressionless face. And you think, you know what, I can do this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do it. So, uh, yeah, not, not too much of a story around that one. Um, it's not, I don't think it's in camera either, but the, the other story is this thing here that's mm-hmm. probably out of camera is this connects structure that I used to use to, I used to put an iPad here oh. and I would, and I would, uh, put a stream up with the chat so I could just watch a stream while I streamed mm-hmm. without taxing my computer. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my iPad is too old to, um, get used to it anymore. Like it automatically logged me out and then it wouldn't let me log back in until I updated the app. And then it wouldn't let me update the app because the iPad was too old. Yeah. So this thing is kind of obsolete now, but you know, you used connects for a few things. Yeah. You had both the iPad solution. You said it was also connects for your your 3ds thing, yeah, right? For the, the camera for the 3ds okay. camera. That was that was my uh, that was my solution for that as well. Um, I got a ton of that stuff. Had a ton of sets as a kid, um, and every once in a while it comes in handy for something. So I uh, I just uh, you know I'll break it out to whip something quick together, and uh, you know. You don't use it like, you know, once a year, but it, it's really nice to have it that one time you do need mm. it. No, I mean it's it's clearly working out for mm-hmm. you. And I, and I was you know when I was watching the the pack and roll run, I was I was mm-hmm. impressed with how stable the camera was. Mm-hmm. Like I really thought with all of the you know the movement with the stylus that it would be really yeah. you know it would jostle things too much. But actually, I guess and also too with the rubber feet, you said as well on the yeah, uh, the yeah 3DS the thing, itself. like the console itself on some like rubber feet, some extra rubber feet that mm-hmm. I bought at Home Depot for like two dollars. Um, really just kind of locked it in and then i made sure i kind of made the base of my thing wide enough so even if my desk swayed a little bit um that would that would be really cool um so oh here we go we got a question from from icy this is mm-hmm. this is my my spouse rescuing me from yeah. the, the baron yeah. cat. <laughs> uh coolest thing you've built with connects not related to streaming have you done other projects uh, with them? Or? I actually do have something. I this may this may take me a second to find. Okay. I'm gonna look for this because I do have a picture of it <laughs> um, that's on Discord. Mm. Um, so let me uh, let me dig dig this out. I got to remember where I posted this picture. Uh, let's see. Image. Right, let me see if I can find this. This might take me a little bit. Uh, let's see. Jaxler, what is what is Evil Zone character? What is I don't. <laughs> uh, Evil Zone is a annual as a tradition at GDQ. Uh, um, it is it is a two button fighting game. Okay. On the PS One, one button is attack, one button is block. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's we we run we run that tournament all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh galley is always considered the worst character he's like the only non-viable character but jackson insists on playing him and <laughs> uh he got he got i think he got uh third in the last tournament oh, so hey, you know, you I, think he, I think he shut all this up okay i found the image okay i'm gonna i'm gonna let me you know, let me just open open this and then i'll link it in chat here mm, so yeah. this is an extremely old picture um, and that will be evident based on how I look in it, but I'm going to go with this. I'll post this in chat. All right. Let's see what this looks like. Oh, there you go. That's a kit. What is that? Is that supposed to, what is that supposed to be? 
I don't know. Just some like I, I believe that is the the technical description for that is the hyperspace training tower. Oh, okay. No, that's good. That is the official official title of that. That, thing. that sounds official to me. So I built that when I was like I don't know seven or eight mm. or how old I am in that picture. That's a really old picture. Um, <laughs> I remember having to stand on like a kitchen chair to get the top of that thing. So. Yeah, I don't have the, the the pictures in a frame on the wall, so I was like, I'm just going to take a picture of it because I don't, I can't find the original. Um, but then my other favorite original picture, which is what I keep on my desk, this is um, this is a boy identifies dog, 1997, colorized. This is an all time favorite picture oh, of mine. That's a dog. Yeah, me just pointing at dog. This is dog. <laughs> you know, all time great picture. This is dog. One 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 of my favorite pictures. <laughs> um, so yeah perfect yeah well maybe my last question for you then since it is now ten thirty, is uh do you have a raid target that we could send people to oh uh, let me check let me check who i'm following who i'm following who, where would be a good place to go we could go um let's see Oh, I got a great place. My boy Atomical Sloss is doing Crash Twin Sanity 100%. Ooh, okay. I think what I saw how, hertz. I think I saw how that name was spelled. It is It is just uh, one word underscore the other word? Yeah, Atomical underscore Sloss. Okay. Yeah, I'll link it. Can I link it in chat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Brand by bot or something? No, okay. no, nah, nah, I don't have any bots checking links. Okay. okay I, yeah, make, yeah, I make my mods work. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's doing twins. He's a big, a big advocate of the Xbox. So, um... And he's he just started streaming too, so cool. uh, like ten minutes ago. So I think that I think that would be perfect. That's perfect. All right. Well, let me uh, queue up that raid, uh, Joe. Thank you again so much for all the time. Hopefully, I'll see you around at events in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully, uh, when we start having stuff back in person again, we can you know we can hang and uh, you know absolutely. All right, well, I'll let you go bad ps1 game did do that out <laughs> i will believe me hopefully, it'll, hopefully one of us will be there running a bad ps1 yeah, game for sure absolutely all right well, i'll see you later have a good night all right take care man